Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10pound.com to make sure you never miss an episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another special edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is a very exciting show. I'm excited to dive into this because this lady has done some amazing things in building her career and the community that she could share with us to help us out. And, you know, before I dive into the million questions that I have for you, Galem Germay, account executive at Flywire and co-founder of Rev Genius. Thank you so much for jumping on the call today. Yeah, thank you for having me, David. Super excited. And shout out to Ollie for recommending me to be on your podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't mention that. Definite shout out to Ollie is the major connector. Yes. And he's my brother from across the ocean. So big shout out to Ollie. And you know, we'll put a link in the comments for Ollie's LinkedIn if you haven't connected to him yet. But thanks for coming on. And I'm just really excited. You know, you've made a big impact on me in just a short time and probably a lot of the listeners. If folks haven't connected with you yet or haven't joined the community, tell us a little bit about how you got into sales and, you know, how you ended up starting the Rev Genius community. Yeah. So once upon a time, I lived in Boston <laughs> and I was in college in the line to Dunkin' Donuts. And that's where I met my old manager who I was staring down in the line. It was super weird. This is what I do. Super awkward. I was just standing there. I saw him in the line and I was like, oh my God, I recognize this face from somewhere. I got to figure out from where. And I get this like obsession in my head of figuring it out as I'm standing there, you know, waiting to get my order. I can't figure it out. I keep looking at him. I notice him seeing me staring at him. So I break the ice and I'm like, hey, sorry to be staring at you, but I really recognize you. I don't know from where, like, I need to figure this out. And he's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, I don't remember you, but okay. (laughs) And then we start talking and we get to the conclusion that he had come to visit my sales class that I took the previous semester. So when I met him now again, was my last semester at Babson College. And so that's where I had met him at the sales class that I took, inside sales. And so we ended up chatting, you know, and we got our orders done and then continued like just chit-chatting a little bit and to learn that, you know, he was at that time a director of business development at Salesforce. And he was like, oh, we might be hiring. Like, what are you looking to do when you graduate next month? I was like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm right now, like during college, I was working in recruiting in HR for this medical device company. And I'd always had this inclination that I might go into sales at some point, but I also knew, like I had enough self-awareness to know that this is a profession where I need to be able to dedicate 100% of my time to. I can't do it while I'm in college, which is why I never really get into sales before. And I also started college really late. So I was, you know, 28 when I graduated, turning 29. So anyway, I had met him there at Dunkin' Donuts. We started talking, connected on LinkedIn. And then about a month later, you know, in November 2018 is when he 
told me that he's like, hey, I am leaving Salesforce, but I'm going to this other company called Flywire and building out our business development team. Would you want to join? And I was like, oh, oh, this is interesting. Let's talk, you know? And then we had breakfast one day, we continued our chats and I was like, yep, I think this is, this is great. Like, this is what I'm going to try out because I was at that point of like, what do I do once I graduate? Do I build a career in, you know, HR or recruiting? Do I go that route? Because I had done it for, you know, two plus years during college, or do I just try like doing sales, you know, SaaS sales. And when I got this opportunity, I was like, I got to try it out. Like, this is, it's just here, you know, this opportunity is here. I got to try it out, see if I like sales, if it's, if it's what I had imagined it would be. So that's what I did. And I went for that role. And, and then, you know, about a month later after I graduated, I started a Flywire as a business development rep. And what was your impression? So you, when you started, it sounds like it was a startup, or at least he was starting a new team. What was your impression of the experience getting into sales? So yeah, he was starting a brand new business development team. So I was the first hire for that team at Flywire. And my first impression was, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> like, it was so overwhelming, but also super exciting because I didn't know what to anticipate. I had no idea what the relationship between marketing and sales could look like. Because when I started as a BDR, I reported into marketing. So that was, you know, an, a great experience for me to do. And it served me really well now that I'm reporting into the sales org as an account executive. So my first experience in this, like I had worked in sales before for a couple of years, like I had done retail sales. And right before I, you know, originally I'm from Sweden. And before I moved from Sweden to US, I had worked in retail sales for a little bit. So I had that experience, but it's not the same as, you know, SaaS. So I had no idea what I was doing for the first couple of months. Like, I didn't know how to write a proper email. I was like, can I do this cold calling? Like, I was not comfortable with it. And there were a lot of hurdles for me to get over in the first at least six months. But then as I got into it, I was like, this is actually really exciting. Like, I, I noticed my reactions and how I felt after a couple of phone calls and after a couple of people that I connected with and when I was able to really present my value prop and, and have a legit conversation with the prospect, I was like, wow, this is a new world and I'm super excited to be in it. And like, did they offer any training or how did you come to feel more comfortable? Because it seems like it would lead you to have to go outside to kind of learn how to do this as your new profession. Yeah. So obviously my manager had, you know, and still has years of experience working in sales. So I learned a lot from him, learned a lot from, you know, my coworkers who we call flymates. I also went outside of the organization to learn things. Like I would constantly like Google things because Google is my best friend and has always been and probably always will be. So <laughs> that was one, they, you know, Google. and <laughs> right, Dr. Google. <laughs> I heard that one today. That's pretty good. I love that. And, you know, reading books. And it took me probably a year into my role when I started to do some outsourced trainings. Like I would just invest my own money for my salary to go and do other trainings yeah. with different people and organizations. And that helped me a lot too. So there were many things internally and externally that I did in order to really learn as much as possible because I was just curious. I'm like, how can I 
do this better? Like, how can I get better at connecting with people? How can I get better at discovery calls? How can I get better at emailing, which is still something I don't enjoy doing, by the way, but getting there, like my passion, I love to cold call. I don't really love to send emails. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> You're, that's a rare talent. That's very valuable. So you, you can yeah. definitely capitalize on that. That's probably one of the things that most people don't really like to do. It seems. I know. Yeah. So it's interesting. You were in the line at Dunkin' Donuts. You started making eye contact with this guy and he's just like, what, who, why? It's interesting to connect the dots. What made you decide to go to Babson out of all the different places that you could have gone because they have a reputation as a entrepreneurial, you know, major and things like that. So is that one of the reasons that you decided to go there? Not really. So what happened was I did my associate's degree at Bunker Hill Community College. Loved that experience. And as I was transferring into a four-year school, I had, you know, looked into to some local schools in Boston. And it wasn't until the very end, like leading up to the deadline to apply for all these schools, that I started to connect with some of my teachers and asking them outside of the classroom, like just telling them about what I was doing and what schools I was you know, looking to possibly start at. And one of my teachers said, oh, you should, you know, because you're so active in the entrepreneurship club and, and other activities on campus, like, have you heard about Babson? And at that time, this was like probably the third time that I had heard the name Babson and still wasn't really understanding what that school was all about or the reputation or anything about it. And I was like, oh my God, this is the third time I'm hearing this over the past probably two years. Because the first time I heard about Babson was going back now 10 years ago is when I moved from Sweden to US. The reason why I made that move was because I wanted to get out of my bubble in the small town I grew up in, and I wanted to leave the country to do something different. I was 20 years old, turning 21, and so I decided to be an au pair. And I moved to this small town outside of Boston called Littleton. And that's where I was an au pair for a year, took care of two kids. So, you know, David, you have a bit older kids now, but the kids I took care of were four and a half months old and two and a half years old. So that's what I did oh for a year. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting flashbacks. <laughs> so more like PTSD, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, when I was an au pair, I had this neighbor and he was going to Babson at the time. This was 10 years ago. So I got to know this guy who went to Babson. That was the first time I heard about this school because he used to tell me like, oh, why don't you come one weekend or like come to a party with me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like someday. I never did actually. But that was the first time. And then the second time I heard about Babson was when I was a student at Bunker Hill Community College and I was a part of the entrepreneurship club and the president of that club said like, hey, you seem to be really into business. Like, have you heard about Babson? I was like, not really. I didn't connect the dots, you know, what Babson was. I was like, oh, whatever. And then the third time was that teacher who's like, oh, if you're, you know, looking into these other business schools, why don't you look into Babson? I was like, oh my God, this is the third time I'm hearing it. I'm going to have to look this up. So I start Googling, you know, Babson, Babson College. And I see that they're still accepting applicants. So I'm like, oh, why don't, like, I can just throw my hat in the ring, whatever. Like, I had no idea still at this point that this was a pretty decent school did my application, and then I got in, and I got a full scholarship. 
And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, this is, this is crazy. Awesome. And I didn't realize what was happening until that point. And I actually, I remember this day vividly when I got that notification because I locked myself into a bathroom. I was hanging out with my sisters back home in Sweden. And I knew I was going to get the notification whether I get in or not. So as I got that notification email, I ran into the bathroom, I opened it up, and then I saw you've been accepted. I was like, oh my God they must have made a mistake. Like this can't be real. So I keep like checking it again. And I really don't believe that I got in. But eventually, you know, I had to call them to confirm, like, did you send this an error? Or like, did I actually get in? Like, no, no, you got in. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We swear you're in. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, wait, did I also supposed to get a scholarship? They're like, yes. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So that's really interesting. So now as you look back, you can kind of connect the dots that you were entrepreneurially focused. You ended up meeting people. You got in with Flywire. Now you're looking for resources. Tell mm-hmm. us about how, you know, the genesis of the community that you're building. You know, what's your goal with it? And how did you end up becoming a co-founder of RevGenius? Yeah, so I'll start with the latter. So what happened was my co-founder, Jared Robin, and I, we met on LinkedIn or actually I shouldn't say we met there because we had met previously in that same week because we attended the same trainings. There were two trainings in one week and the second day was the same as the first of the other training. So there was an overlap and we had met on that first day on a Monday and we started chatting. We connected on LinkedIn and they were like, oh, hey, I recognize your name. Like, weren't you on that training today? You know, and then we started chatting about how the training was and what we thought about it. And then you know, asking like, oh, are you going to go to the second training on Wednesday? He's like, oh, no, I don't think I can because I have this other one the same day at the same time, like they're overlapping. And I was like, oh, my God, so do I. And then we started chatting about that and how frustrating it was that we actually wanted to attend both of them, but we couldn't. And then from there, we just like could not stop chatting about these things and, and other stuff, you know, sales related. So from there on, we were like, well, this is a problem. Like we can't be the only two people who are dealing with this. And then also not knowing when other events are coming up because this was during lockdown, right? Like COVID and all this. And that's really when I started to focus on two things. One was how can I level up and learn more as I'm just home all day anyway. And then the second part was like, how can I gain as much of this knowledge as possible and really provide that to other people. Because I had people coming to me saying, oh, you seem to be attending a lot of webinars and events, like how do you find them? So it became just the starting conversation of how can we get all this information that's out there on LinkedIn and other places, because it's sort of all over the place. How can we get that into a more centralized place? So I started with focusing on like education and, and providing that to other people from other people. So that's how the conversation started. And the next thing you know, within a week of us two talking, we had 500 ideas of like, oh, we can do something else. And the next thing you know, it just sort of naturally became the idea of a community. We started a group chat on or a group message on LinkedIn with like 38 people. And after a couple of days of having that group, our app started to crash, like shutting down our entire LinkedIn because there was just so much conversation happening all the time. (laughs) It was intense. It got to the point where I'm like, I I don't even want to open my LinkedIn app at this point because I know it's going to crash. But then we had these 
people in this group coming to us and being like, hey, like, can we please move away from this because they keep crashing? Like, can we just get on Slack or something? And we're like, yeah, sure. And that's really when we're like, oh, wait, if we're getting on Slack, that means that we have 38 people who are highly engaged. Like I would leave my phone for like an hour. It would be hundred messages. That's crazy. So that's the idea of how we started an actual community on Slack. And then from there on it's, it's grown. And now we have a website and now we have a, you know, community programming in place. We have a magazine, we have a podcast coming up. There are tons of stuff and all of this happened in the past three months Amazing. And so when you moved over to Slack, then that, that's sort of when you started to build out the different channels. And so how did you, how did you go from the 500 different ideas that mm-hmm. you had to like, okay, we need to narrow this down and, and you know, focus on some specific areas? How did you, how did you kind of narrow it down to that? Well, we thought about what's the mission and purpose behind this community, you know, and there were really three things that we wanted to make this about and it's to educate inspire and empower people those are the three things so with that in mind we're like you know you have to ask yourself the hard questions like this is a great idea i have in mind but does this relate back to what we want this to be all about and if the answer is no or i'm not sure or maybe then put that on hold you know so that's sort of the process that we thought through and that's how we were able to condense it a little bit but we also like, you know, in our current Slack community group that we have, we have tons of channels. So it's so it is a lot already as it is, but they still come back to those three main things that we want to do: educate, inspire, empower, and inspire people. So that's the framework that we use. And how does it work from a person who joins the community? Like, what should they do to? you know, participate and to get the most out of it and, you know, become involved in a way that's beneficial, you know, because Slack, it seems like it's not really set up for like one, two, three, four, you know, and organizing things. It's just this kind of bunch of messages going back and forth. So, and I'm I'm asking this as me, like, I want to get in and like learn stuff and accelerate, but it's a little bit like, where do I start, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So you're bringing up a very good point, and this is the reason why we have a website and everything regarding the community is on the website. Not to say that we will remove Slack or deactivate it, it would always be there, but we're trying to move into our own platform, right? Like having our own website, hosting everything there and make it easier for you as a member to find the information that you're coming to the community for. Because anyone who uses Slack regularly knows the challenges of finding information. And when you have like an active community constantly engaging, stuff gets lost. And some people, you know, thread and others, they don't. And it becomes a little bit messy. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible. So if you, David, is like, hey, I'm looking for this specific information about how to write the best, you know, cold emails, for example. Maybe that's what I would go and search at this point since I don't love it. But, you know, <laughs> you <could use> that. <laughs> I could use yep. that. And, and so that's one way you can search for it on our platform, right? Like in our community platform that we're getting started very soon. Okay. Other ways, too, is that we want to create this content hub. That's why we created the magazine. So we call it Rev Genius Mag. And that's really a key place for everyone to come to and 
and learn about these things that they're having questions about. Like we just had timely, right? Like since I'm talking about and being very mindful of my non-passion for cold emails or emails at all because my inbox is a mess. So I don't, I don't love it. I'm not thriving in it, but I'm trying. One article that came out just the other day was all about why your cold calls aren't working right now and what you can do. So that's great. You know, that, that spoke to me directly. I'm like, I love this. This is great. So that's why we have Rev Genius Mag to give that kind of content to people. And it's, it's beyond LinkedIn. Because if you're trying to find any of this information on LinkedIn, you will spend hours trying to find the right content for you unless you like saved it beforehand. But then if you're like me, who saves a lot of stuff, it gets messy and you can't categorize it or organize it. Got it. And is, would this be like a print magazine that you're going to launch or is it digital? Oh, it's digital. Sorry, I Got probably it. should have clarified that. But since uh-huh. I'm living in my, my virtual bubble, that is the... <laughs> thought I'm coming in with. It is digital. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So that, and that's all, is it just revgenius.com or or the Uh, the, forward slash mag mag? I got it. Okay, cool. So, so who would be the audience for Rev Genius? Is it anybody in sales? Is it supposed to be one particular level? How do you think about the audience? So it's anyone in a revenue generating position or profession. So we have people in sales, marketing, and RevOps at various levels. Got it. Okay. Excellent. And so started with the LinkedIn group. Now people can go over to the website, revgenius.com to join and then, you know, join the community. Will it actually be like a version of Slack over on RevGenius so that they can go in and start to have the same types of conversations or will it always be in Slack? It will not always be on Slack. So the beauty of this new thing that we're doing is that you have everything in one place. So right now we have, you know, a website, we have Slack, two separate things. But with this on the website, it's just you can log in and then you have all of the forums right there. And it provides a lot more stuff that you can do with it. So you can do videos, you can do audio, you can do a bunch of fun stuff with it. And it's also much easier to find the information that you're looking for and also finding like members contact info. Something I find frustrating sometimes is that I'm trying to reach out to, you know, a member about something and in order for me to find their their contact information, I would have to go through my our own database to find that it's not it's not as easy and you want to make it as painless as possible for people to actually get connected and and network with each other and i feel like slack isn't always making that as easy to navigate yeah it seems like slack is you know set up that everybody has it and they they're familiar with it they know how it works they can log Mm -hmm. in like really really easy they just go to one place and you can have all of your different slack communities in one thing on the app but the flip side is it's not necessarily built for what you're trying to do right and it also i think the biggest thing anyone would think about when you're building a community and especially content is you want to be known on the internet right like if i want to go to dr google and find something i want to find something if it Mm. if it lives in slack i'm not going to find it oh yes okay yep exactly so there's no way because Slack is its own freestanding thing. That's a private right. group. And so this will make it possible. You know, this is really interesting. What's next? You're launching it on your own website. You're getting the community over there. What's 
next for the community, for you? What are you working on now moving forward? Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're working so much, but the <laughs> 500 ideas, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, we have condensed it a little bit to be more specific, but the most, you know, two of the latest things, I guess, is round tables, obviously something that we do as a community weekly. We, we have at least five round tables every week. That's great. Those are smaller groups of, you know, up to 20 people who discuss a certain topic. So there's always a host of those roundtables. And these are all community members. And they would discuss, you know, maybe it's video prospecting, maybe it's cold calling or whatever that people have in, you know, marketing sales and rev ops. And then we also have community-based roundtables and we have career development roundtables as well. So we have this, you know, happening every week. There's a lot of fun stuff there. A couple of other things we have going on is a mentorship program that we're rolling out in October. So that's really good, getting matched with some people that can help you level up. Another thing is book club. We have our second round of doing book clubs right now, and it's super exciting. Everyone's reading the sales development playbook by Trish, and it's a really great book. I've listen to it in audio format. Actually, going back to my story earlier, how did I learn about sales? You know, and I mentioned like, oh, I listened to books or read books, trainings. The sales development playbook was one of them that I listened to like almost two years ago, and I'm re-listening to it now. So that's that, you know, roundtables, mentorship, book club, and then a podcast coming out too in, in about a month or so. That is excellent. So much going on. I, I'm yeah. so excited to, I've already joined. I'm excited to dive in, especially with the book club. I love book club. So, you know, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to track your progress. And I just noticed I'm not connected with you on LinkedIn. So I got to connect with you on LinkedIn. That's insane. I know. What, How are we not connected I'm, yet? I'm so behind on all this stuff. So if people want to connect with you, how do they join the community? How do they find you on LinkedIn? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So join the community by going to revgenius.com. And then there's a sign up right there. And you just fill out a very quick registration form. And then you'll get into the community. And you can check out everything that's going on there. Nice. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Galem Girmay. And I'm also on Twitter, which is something I find really entertaining lately. So oh my God. <laughs> I'm there, you know, same name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge. Such an interesting story. The community sounds amazing. Galen, yeah. thanks for coming on the Sales Development Podcast. Thank you for having me, David. It's been amazing talking with you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.